Newly stocked on the shelves is box number 512 with your hosts, Aeon and the Lioness, Black Trans Women, and Excellent and Defying All Life Expectations. The show begins now. Hey y'all, welcome to episode nine of box number five. So podcast, grown black trans woman talk. Number nine, huh? How y'all doing? It's me, the lioness. And it's me, Aeon. Girl, girl, what's what's going on? What's going on? I feel I feel like it's been a long time. I feel like it's been a long time. It has, but you know, I love the fact that it seems like a long time, but it really hasn't. But it's just because I like talking to you, bitch. <laughs> Side note, one of the funny things that um, we're learning about doing this show is that mm-hmm. um, the lioness and I, we can't really do back-to-back shows because every time mm-hmm. we've done something and we've tried to record something the following day, it, the it's magic is, Yeah, the magic is just not... Isn't I'm not going to say that the magic is just not there, but it seems like the labor when we try to do it the second time. So it's great. Because what me. people, what y'all don't realize is, is there's always a pre-conversation and a post-conversation. We're always kind of producing the episode as we're doing it. So there may be even in the episode moments where we have to say, okay, we're going to stop and restart. I mean, you know, this magic, this process that you, that seems so seamless to you guys actually requires a lot of, a lot of thought for us. We're not just putting out just anything. And so because of that, it's like if we, the production that goes around one episode and then to do another one requires another conversation and then another recording and then, a, you see what I'm saying? So it's just a lot that goes behind the scenes, guys. And so we just realized that we can get to a place where it's like, all right, girl, I love you down, but I am talked out. And I think it's healthy to know that early. Right. So we just know how we move. So we have to give ourselves a little air in between. And I think that's dope. Right. No, it's really good. So um, before we get into what we have planned today, I just want to do a couple of house announcements. First of all, yes, we want to um, we want to thank the Trans Talk for Men podcast for collaborating with us. It was a very great experience for us. Thank you for sharing your platform with us and allowing us to do that conversation i felt like it was the start of many more conversations that i hope that we can have later on and i just really felt good about what we put out how did you feel about episode number eight sis i felt great for sure i felt like it takes a lot to be vulnerable enough to stand in front of people that are going to have different opinions than you to be real. And we live in a world where a lot of people are like keyboard cowards and online assassins, and they don't have the ability to say something and say it with their chest. And what I can appreciate about Eric and Chris and Black Trans Talk for Men is that they actually um, are the kind of, they actually are the kind of brothers that even if they know that they're not perfect, they're willing to stand on what they said and they're willing to at least engage, explain, and articulate what they actually meant. And that to me is better than a lot of people doing this work because we're not in a place where we can come together, collaborate, have discussion, dialogue, and disagree when need be and still have good conversation. And I just love that these gentlemen were at least evolved enough to engage. 
change. Right. Right. And I feel it's necessary. It's like we can have conversations and have different views of opinion without necessarily being combative with each other. Because at the end of the day, it's all about creating community amongst each other and creating a diversity uh, of opinions based on diverse experiences. So I really shout out to Eric and Chris. Um, it, our viewers, um, if you don't know, please go back and listen to episode eight. Please go back and um, listen to their podcast, Trans Talk for Men. And um, just thank you. Thank you. I really felt like it was a good episode. Um, going into the next house announcement, uh, we want to promote that if you guys want to support us, um, with monthly donations, please go to our Anchor page at anchor.fm. Um, we've had a couple of people that have pledged to become sponsors. You could be a sponsor for as little as $1 a month on up, but your financial support is greatly appreciated and needed so we can um, start to step our recording up and buy the, the tools that we need to produce better shows. So I want to shout out Miss Elise Mallory for um, becoming um, an anchor supporter. We see you. Thank you for sharing our show. And thank you to all of our supporters who share our show, share it on social media, yeah. tell your people about it. Because this show is for you guys. I don't know if you know we'll ever be mainstream. And I don't think, at least for me, that's not necessarily the point. But the point is to create something you know, for community, by community, supported by community. And becoming a sponsor on Anchor really allows us to do that and to really take our game to the next level. So I just want to promote that and do a shout out to Elise. And the last thing before we get into here, shout out to y'all who have um, come to our YouTube, not YouTube page, our Facebook group page, and who have been watching us on Facebook live yes. for the last, past two weeks for our um grown black trans women talk live on our facebook group. oh my girl for so wait 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 so how has that been how has that been for you sis because like i have my thought on that as well but like with this live phenomenon what has it been like and tell all the viewers what they're missing um i think it's really been great for us it's really like another it's really like another podcast episode only is us on video and I think mm -hmm. it's important, in addition to um, hearing us in an audio um, uh, medium, that people also get to see us together, even though we're not in the same place. Hopefully, once we get to, back to some sort of normalcy, we'll be able, you know, I'll travel to Atlanta more, or we'll, we'll be able to be together. But in the meantime, I think it's just great to have people look at us, see us together, two Black trans women, and also really have us interact with our supporters and our followers. And we can, we, it's basically the same format. We're just talking about random things, but it's more interactive for the supporters, which um, I've seen some of the comments about our podcast, and some people have been wanting, they're like, I live for the podcast, I just wish we could see it. But unfortunately, honey, we're not committing to a YouTube channel, girl, because that, that's too much maintenance and that will require a budget and the money and makeup people and hair people and all of that. Okay. Hopefully we'll put it in the universe. We may get there one day, but in the meantime, it's good to just, you know, let our hair down 
and just talk with y'all. The past two videos, it's been sunny days. It's been nice outside. And just really mm-hmm. interact with y'all, engage with all y'all about the topics that we talk about on the podcast. And it's just, I look forward to doing it every week. Now, it is a lot because some of the some of the lives are just as long as our podcast episodes. But it's necessary for us to get out there to interact with the people and to grow our brand. What do, what do you think about it? I think it's dope. Um, one thing I love is I appreciate you guys' feedback. So when um, Aeon and I go live, one thing we do encourage from our viewers is, unlike the episode, you know how we're talking, and you be, you may be like, "Ooh, girl, yes, I agree," or you may be like, "Oh, I, I have a, I have a question." Well, what we do on the live is that we actually actively in real time engage with our listeners. So once a week, you get the added additional bonus of the ability to reach us free of charge and be a part of the experience. And I think that that is phenomenal because what it does is it allows us to really engage with you. It helps us inform our opinions. We're able to make connections. We're able to really, really grow our brand, but more importantly, actually engage with our listener. And so you guys, I am just excited about the live because I feel like it gives just that extra cherry on top for what is already amazing content because we do watch, we do look in the inbox, we do communicate, we do respond to all of your thoughts, ideas, opinions. We really want you guys to know that this is a community experience and the live is just Just check it out. I promise you, you won't regret it. Yeah, so make sure that you guys are following. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media, but definitely our Facebook page because we do go live together from that uh, Facebook page every Friday. We try to go, um, I don't want to give a set time, but usually like Friday afternoon because the episode always comes out in the morning. So just to give y'all enough time to get through the episode. And then when we do the live, we talk, we laugh, we key, we have serious discussions and and we put a, a bow on top and we go on with our lives. So Please come and be a part of that as our podcast grows and you guys grow with us. So definitely. Um, so Brianna, I what I'm excited about first before we get into topics and just rum ramshod, let's do our check-in like we usually do. Um, okay. I actually want to go first because I just want to. I've been. I just. I've had such an exceptionally good week that I just. I just want to share. So, um, <clears throat> this nothing major, it's no big announcement, but this week I really, really have gotten deeper into understanding more about what I want in life and what I don't want. And what I'm enjoying about this experience with you is I love being accountable for my own future. I love the ability to not have to Um, depend upon someone else's resources. I love the fact that I'm free to grow my nonprofit and my life. And I just wanted to just when this, and so then in this week, I've been sitting and I've been doing a lot of praying. I've been doing a lot of singing. I've been doing a lot of just like connecting with the earth, very mother vibe, very mother ocean, very like connecting to the to the fresh waters of of the earth. And I just really want to say, because a lot of times, we, we give updates when stuff is going on in our life that like troubles us or bothers us. But I am enjoying the headspace that I've been in, in lately. 
And I just want to be grateful to the goddess and all the things that she's done for me. And I just want to say that I'm grateful for this moment because like I said, through this process and even the like the the labor that we go through behind the scenes and even the communication um things that we've had to work through i've learned that i am enjoying being uh, responsible for myself and that's a feeling no one can replace so i just wanted to say that and i wanted to say that i'm doing good girl how are you baby um well today is a cute day for me i i have to be honest it's been up and down um i'm going you know i'm in a process of transition um i'm under a lot of stress um so i'm in the process of um, moving to again moving to dc trying to find a place trying to figure all of that out also i'm still waiting for my bar exam results which is you know very nerve-wracking mm-hmm. so you know it's been up and down i just try to take it day by day but i'm just you know in the meantime i'm just trying to do little things uh to relieve the stress like today i went on a four mile run around my neighborhood just trying you know just trying to enjoy the little things you know Mm -hmm. you know she's trying to get her waist back it's been a while she's trying to get her waist back uh and just trying even through all of the stress just um counting my blessings um being grateful for my blessings i know every time i do go outside i'm just thank you god i'm in a nice neighborhood i have enough money you know it's some financial stuff that I'm worried about, but who isn't worried about, especially in the time that we're in now, but just put putting stuff in the atmosphere, claiming what I want, but also just being thankful for the little things that I have, even in the midst of chaos. So um, it's been up and down. Um, also worried about my, th- I'm just excited to, like my time in Chicago has come to an end and it's bittersweet. I really wish it didn't end like this because it was just so many fun things that I wanted to do and so many like last moments that I wanted to be able to have with folks because I know for sure I don't ever want to move back here. But also I'm ready. I'm ready to come back. I, it's time and we'll talk about it on another episode. But I'm sis, I'm really ready to come home. I'm ready to come home. And even though I'm not coming to Baltimore, DC is like home to me like the just the, just the east coast it's just i just feel that i need to be home now during this season like i need to be closer to my mother i need you know i want our you know our relationship is good i just want our relationship to be, be better i want to work on my relationships back home because i know i'm not always going to be on the east coast but i just feel like the time for me to be there is now so that when I, I leave you. again, things will be even better and more things won't be in the air. So I'm just ready to come home. I'm ready to see my mom. I'm ready to see my mom. Yes. I'm ready to see my, my dog. I'm you know, I'm just ready to be back on the East Coast. So I'm just I'm just taking it day by day. That's all you really can do. And just like, thanking God for all of the blessings. The blessings and thanking God that even though Corona is real, it really hasn't impacted anybody like in my family or in my immediate friend circle. So mm-hmm. just um, praying for the blessings. But one update that I have that will lead into one of our um, follow-up topics, um, mm-hmm. specifically for episode eight, I was I've started talking to somebody, somebody romantically. Oh, um, they, live, they live back on the East Coast. Um, and we actually met on one of the profiles I created on the Trans Pacific um, dating app. 
which is which one was it? Um, the trans app, the trans app. Um, so he li- he lives um he lives on the, in a major city on the east coast. He's a black man, professional, very handsome, very attractive, mm-hmm. and. When he reached out to me, because I had my profile set up, like it it lays it explicitly lays out who I am and what I'm looking for. And when he met my when he seen my profile, he like he instantly he was like, I have to meet you, I have to talk to you, da 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 da. And then we ended up FaceTiming for about two or three hours yesterday. And we had a really good um conversation. He's a um He's a, in the mental. He's in the mental health field, so he's very mm. good with the mind and stuff. But we were talking. What's and, his age? Um, he is thirty eight. Mm-hmm. So we were talking, and he was telling me about his his experiences as a trans amorous man on the dating site, and he was he was basically explaining it to me from his perspective what his experiences is and i didn't at this point i didn't even tell him i had a podcast or you know what i did beyond me being in the legal field and he was like you know what like seeing your profile was so refreshing because there's so many trans women on those profiles that are trying to hustle and he said i don't want a transactional situation he was like i want you know, I want somebody that is living their life, that is out there getting it so I can build with them. And I was like, look at the universe. Here we here we are, not even more than two weeks ago, we're having a conversation about transactional relationships and how men engage with us transactionally. That It slipped my mind that I didn't even think about how trans women can give that same energy back what to does him. he look like girl unpack this man you've said so much and i'm um, now i'm like oh well, i don't want to give too many details because everything is new but he is um black he's chocolate Ooh. um you know very fit you know, very nice very nice looking Ooh. very handsome man Ooh. but more than more than his physicality i just really enjoy the um, meeting of the minds and the conversations because i don't really get that from a lot of trans amorous men that i meet on these apps because because it's it's a very physical and then the conversation doesn't go past that right 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 and oh. but to get to the topic i was just like damn i didn't even think about how trans women can also engage transactionally with men who are interested in something more and what that conversation would look like i and then i was thinking about i was like well i don't really think we would be the right ones to have that conversation because one thing i don't want to do is police trans woman because basically his his he was telling me his experience was he'll meet like trans women but like their whole stilo is um well you can talk we can talk but you need to pay me or i need my money up front or you need to you need to do this for me and you need to do that for me and he was like you know i'm not really on it i'm trying to get to know you but he said you know it's so hard and mm-hmm. when he said it i was like you know what i've heard other trans amorous men say the same thing mm-hmm. that when they finally get ready to date you know a lot of the girls are on that for a myriad of reasons maybe they're in survival sex work or maybe these girls are you know burnt out mm-hmm. and they feel like this is ha- they, this is how they have to engage man and i know i've been in 
been in times where I've come across relationship type men, but because mm-hmm. I was where I was and whatever point I was in my life, I'm like, I don't even have the capacity to go all of that with you. So, exactly. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say, I hate to cut it. Yeah. So I, the, I really was going to say, this topic is interesting to me because um, I was on a um, call the other night with um, the Trans Supportive Brotherhood. Shout out to Troy Kennedy, Jonathan, and all of the gentlemen that were on that call. It was a wonderful call because they had women on the call, and it was just wonderful. It was a great- Why was the man on the call? That's you were supposed to actually be on the call. You were invited according to what I was told. Girl, I'm a Chris was on the call. Troy was on the call. Everybody was there. Everybody was Go ahead with your story. Thing. Let me let me get at Troy um probably. Go ahead with your story, girl. Yeah, you're gonna have to read somebody, girl, because it was very much like why wasn't Brianna there? Right. Like it was but, everybody, like it was a whole bunch of girls on there. Oh, that was shade. But go go on with your story, girl. Go on. I'm about to mess with Troy right now. Because, Okay, girl. Well, <laughs> <laughs> tell him I said hello, bitch. Damn. But um, anyway, um, let him know we're recording the podcast and I mentioned it, bitch. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, in that conversation, they were also talking about the, how, how there tends to be um, a, a tone of transactionalists sometimes that their, their conversations with trans women so much so that they don't even know how to get in a real conversation because they see, they're seen as bums for not willing to pay to have conversation because they're trying to get to know them as people. And um, I think that's a very interesting prospect. And to be real with you, I think if you think about it like this, that there are 30 million Americans that filed for unemployment this last month, there are a lot of girls that don't have no jobs. There are a lot of girls. Like now, if you know that the main part, if you know that the mainstream has been affected by COVID, and their their um, employment prospects have shrinked, and that today Uber laid off thirty seven hundred employees, called them on a Zoom bitch and laid them off in the first three minutes. Okay, so we live in a world where people. <laughs> Laid off all of their customer support, girl. Called them, <laughs> made a mandatory Zoom, bitch, and laid them off in the first three minutes. And Man. ended the call, bitch. And ended the call. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Did not take questions, Miss <laughs> <laughs> oh Muted. And probably made sure the microphones was muted before bitch, they made the announcement. No, and probably turned the motherfucking... And probably turn off the turn off the screen, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna just get this audio, Miss Thing. Oh, bitch. <laughs> Girl, capitalism is so fierce, bitch. It really is. It really is. It is fierce as fuck. Do you hear me? But yeah, because of that, you know it's a lot of the girls because we already are underemployed and, and unemployed. So you know. It's a lot of the girls that are just in a desperate way right now. And to be honest, what we fall back on in our times of stress tends to be what we what is the oldest profession, what right. we're good at. No shame. And so I can understand why it is a very difficult time for guys today. And I just ask that they have sympathy and understand that some of these women are doing are literally trying to feed themselves on those websites. Yes, you want to date someone, you want to get to know, and we are on there as well. But don't be so harsh on the sister. 
that is trying to feed her face because she just got laid off. Right. And she's trying to feed herself. Or we're living in times where even if she was, you know, sex working in a greater way, even in these times, they've had to use what they're doing, what they can to survive. And I want to advocate for my sisters to get it, get your money, bitch. But in the meantime, fellas, I can get where you're coming from. We just ask that you give us grace. Pardon our progress. Right. And I also, like, I feel like men should have this conversation and men can really talk about their experiences, Definitely. transactional interactions. But I, I was also thinking about this too. I also want them to have contact because anything that men do, it's a very fine line where it could turn from like a critique into them just being misogynistic because I've dealt with a lot of men where they had a lot of valid critiques where it's like, well, I don't want a, a, a trans woman that is um, doing sex work. And I, you know, I feel like if somebody doesn't want to deal with that, that's fine. But to then like go in on trans women and act like you don't know the circumstances of why a lot of us have to engage in sex work and how hard it really is to get a job as a trans woman and just the discrimination that we face and then that turning into slut shaming them. I think that's a fine line. And I feel like the trans gamers men can really have that conversation, but there's really a care that has to be like it's okay that it's okay it's all right if you don't want to date women that engage in sex work but also right. be mindful of the context and don't shit on them because that part it is what it is and yes it, and then and and if you don't and if you and if you run across a young lady that happens to be get, engaging in sex work and she handles you transactionally don't take it personal she is trying to feed her face like right. don't take it personal just move on like that's not for you and i know that that's frustrating because there are a lot of beautiful women that you may fixate on but hey if they don't want you you have to move on that's just right. it is what it is right if you're not willing to pay and that's what she's about don't be upset move on because right. we are in difficult times and there are plenty of girls that aren't about that and so and i and mm -hmm. i can advocate for those girls too there's plenty of, of us out here and i know a lot of guys say no it's not Yes, it is. You just have to learn how to how to look differently for the women you're looking for. When was the last time you attended a trans meeting? When was the last time you actually went came to a rally? When was the last time right. you went to one of our one of our one of the one of our meeting places? Came to a pageant or a ball? Like if you're really about that life, you we do have very active lives that y'all come and follow and like and like our posts and heart our pictures and heart our ball posts when we all naked and, and doing sex sirens. Well show up to the event and maybe you might get to meet one of us. Right. That's a better way. I mean, I know that these dating sites are easy and convenient from the privacy of your home, from the private discretion of your home. But if you really say you want to date us, walk into the light, Caroline. Step into the right. light, daughter. Let these people know that you like trans people by making your presence known. Because we, we do live very open public lives and you follow us on all of our platforms. You do. Twitter. So go follow us and go to some of those venues where you see us and you will find us there because we are videotaping live from the function. We're a very, very communicative community. So right. when guys say they don't know where to meet the girls, it's like, no, no, no. There's a place to meet the girls. It's how comfortable you are in your manhood to be able to go and meet them. Right. And one of the things that um, the guy I'm talking to that said that stuck out to me, and he he's saying all the right things. I, you know, as a girl, you still have to have your eyes open. But he 
he said all the right things. He was like, I actually read your profile. And he was like, I don't like, I don't care what anybody looks like. I'm listening to what they're saying and what their mindset is. And I was like, well, that was my intent on writing it on there because he was asking me what is my experience on these dating sites. And I'm like, there's a lot of guys that are inappropriate and wrong, but I know that comes with territory. And I know that what I wrote, the right one will get it and will have that connection. Because yes, you know, I look how I look, but I offer, I bring more to the table. So it was just, it was just really interesting to really hear their experiences and hear their perspectives of guys that are looking for something serious and just what they have to do. And so it's just like they're, they have to be patient, just like I have to be patient. And just when the time is right to make those connections, it'll be right. But I, I really think the guys can have that conversation, but it has to be a tenderness. And I know, I didn't want to have the conversation only because since I know what time it is, so I'm not here to police any girl, bitch. If you got to make the money, make the money and don't, no, don't be apologetic about it or don't feel like you need to stop your hustle to get a man. Sometimes, sometimes you have to be stable and, and nobody's really out here looking out for us like that. So I totally exactly. get it. Exactly. I totally get it. So going into the next topic, um, Something, something that just actually happened today and has, has a little bit to do with trans women working or trans people in general working and having stability. Amy Stevens um, passed today. Amy Stevens oh passed goodness. today. At, um, you know, a lot of people have passed, but yeah, Amy Stevens. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have um, passed today. Um, rest, in, rest in peace to Andre Herbrell, Betty Wright, which took me out, and Little Richard. Rest in peace me to down. all of them. Yeah. But Amy Stevens um, passed today, and um, for those of y'all who don't know who Amy Stevens um, was, Amy Stevens was a trans woman who was one of the plaintiffs in the um, Supreme Court case um, that we're still waiting on a decision on any day about um, trans and um, gay rights in the workplace and whether um, LGBT people are covered under Title um, Nine. Um, this is really um, big. In reference, I'm so to, sorry um, to hear that. Yeah, in reference to LGBT discrimination in the workplace. So it's just really, it's just really um, sad. One, Did they say anything about cause of death? Um, I didn't even, I didn't read cause of death, but they, I saw, I saw reports in weeks leading up to her death that she was in hospice care. So basically, um, Amy Stevens was working at a funeral home and decided to transition on the job. And once she transitioned and she decided to notify her um, employers, they, uh, they fired her because she was trans and she um, sued them. And um, her case was consolidated with other cases um, with um, other trans people and a gay man that was fired because he was gay and consolidated to um, see if discrimination against LGBT people, excuse me, is included under um, set, the category of sex, which is a protected category under um, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And this, you know, this case is just a really big case for the LGBT community because a lot of us who do go to try to, you know, for those of us when we try to step away from sex work and we try to do the quote unquote right thing and mm -hmm. we try to get legitimate means of work, 
a lot of times we still we open ourselves up to discrimination from um bigoted bosses who don't who don't want to um one who are too fucking nosy in the first place but people that want to be all in our business don't want to respect our names don't want to respect our pro pronouns and really create hostile environments that makes it hard to work to the point where they either are um, verbally or physically um, abusing us or they create um, environments um, that are so bad to the point where we have to quit. Mm-hmm. So the, the uh, and also another thing of this um, of Miss Stevens dying is that a lot of times as pioneers in the work that we do for um, the trans rights movements and the queer rights movements and even the black um, like rights movements, a lot of times we do work, we do groundbreaking revolutionary work that we don't even get to live long enough to see the benefits mm. of the outcome. And I just think it's so sad. And it's something I think about in my life every day. Like, I know I'm a part of some great things and I'm doing great things to the next generation, but sometimes I really wonder like, damn bitch, am I going to be here long enough to really experience the fullness of it the, experience the fullness of living my life without it being a problem in any parts of my life yeah um you know this is just interesting yeah you're right you're right like you know i had a very it's so funny because you know very few populations of people actually have to deal with the reality that our life expectancy is already i mean so when i was 21 i remember having this really big existential crisis because I was like, what do I do now? Because I didn't expect to live just because I had, I didn't expect to live because I had just given, I had, because I had deep religious shame and I had shame around, you know, thinking God was gonna, I wasn't gonna live long because of the choices that I'd made, but then also having like internalized like transphobia and, and being very, like very, just very carefree in my life and just hoping that just knowing that I was, I just thought I was going to die young. Right. So then I, I, I got to 21 and I had to go through this big, this big thought of like, what do I do now? And then, um, when I turned, I rem- I found myself when I turned 35 also having this kind of okay moment because that, that's the life expectancy for us as black trans women. And I remember like standing in that moment and feeling like, okay like this is real like i have already exceeded the statistical expectation for someone in my poverty level of my skin color of my status of my situation of you know what i'm saying of my everything mm-hmm. like just like feeling like i am now 35 years old and i'm a black trans woman and like i live and like what now and so i think from that place of uncomfortableness I've had this gratitude that I've carried and like, because I know that it's big. So it's interesting because I have the this experience, like a lot of us of seeing, like you said, a lot of beautiful, beautiful creatures do a lot, a lot of hard labor towards this movement and like dedicate their life in service, you know, even with criminal backgrounds, even with sex work, even while doing it, still fighting for the cause that, and they never got to live to see it to completion for a myriad of different reasons, but just really because we were so we're so marginalized and oppressed in society and we just don't have access to what we need. And so just the idea that this woman 
had was 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 living her life and that her employer let her go and this case was this it became this revolutionary moment because she had she dared to fight and the idea that you know though it was not necessarily you know we don't know the reason but we know that she was not able to see it to the end and it's just like it makes like you said Brianna it makes me really be like and that's why it's so important to be accountable for my own life for me to be responsible for my own future, for me to be responsible for my own voice and the content and the way we share what we do, going in business with you in this podcast. Like this is an important time because tomorrow is not promised. And that's just what I really get from that. It's just tomorrow is not promised. Right. And I, I am hoping for a, um, a positive decision from the Supreme court, but the way that they're set up, who knows, but the impact has already been made. The conversation is already out there and marginalized people, we always find a way to make do and to get around. But I just wanted to shine some, some light on um, Amy Stevens and just speak, um, speak her name and bring her into the space and let, know, and let her know that, you know, the sacrifices that you made you know, it will empower all of us that are still here living. And, you know, we have to carry on the fight. So I just really wanted to, um, you know, give reverence to her and give reverence to her life and really honor her. And all of our fallen trans ancestors that have made so many sacrifices, oftentimes in secret or in silence, so we could have the little bit of freedoms that we have today. So thank you to all to all of y'all. So Thank you very much. Hey y'all, this is Aeon. This is the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. And we just wanted to remind you guys while you're listening to subscribe, rate, comment, follow us on social media and share our podcast. And we wanted to let you know that we just started a new feature, Grown Black Trans Women Talk Live on our Facebook and our Instagram Live pages. And I'm going to turn it over to the lioness so she can tell you what um, to expect. Yeah, so you can expect hot new exclusive content. You can expect us having conversations about living, loving, laughing in the pursuit of all of our successes. You'll be hearing us have enlightening conversations with other people. It's our way of connecting with you, our listeners. We want to make it a multimedia experience. And so please follow us on Facebook Live and our Instagram Live for more exclusive content. And now back to box number 512 podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. Transitioning to the next topic, Jill Scott versus Erica Badu versus. Did you did you watch it, sis? Do you want to know what's funny? You didn't I have watch a procrast- it. I have not watched it. And let me tell you why. One, first, I didn't watch it because I didn't want to be a part of the trend because I was trying to be like, you know, I wanted oh, to digest girl. it without the hype. And then, because <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I try to be deep, bitch. I wanted to digest it without the hype and just get it. So I was going to watch it on YouTube on the Versus channel. But then I have a procrastinating ass husband. And I've been telling him for a couple of days I want to watch it and he's not allowed me to get, to get into it. Or he'll always, I'll mention it and I was saying it earlier, I said something else we need to be watching and he put on some other little, some superhero shit. So, you know, we got to do what we do. But I'm going to watch it today. Tell me, girl, but I'm, I'm packing for me. 
No, it, I mean, it really wasn't much to impact. It wasn't, you know, it was uh, clearly it wasn't like the Teddy Riley versus versus baby face. So it was a success. And I it to me it really wasn't battle. It was just two um black women just supporting each other and loving each other and really creating a vibe and I really enjoyed it. Now it was it was a tad bit long. It was about three hours. Uh a bit checked out at hour two because I was hungry and I needed to eat something. <laughs> but I really enjoyed what I saw. It it was it was it was what Given the week that Black America had the prior week with everything that went on, I think it was what we needed to just recenter and to have that Black joy and to um, be happy and to have that Black feminine energy. And I'm a fan of both Erica and Jill's catalog, so I knew a, a overwhelming majority of the songs and it was just a jam session i was in my apartment dancing and just having a good time just really decompressing and stressing so i enjoyed it and it wasn't like it wasn't adversarial where it's just like well girl i'm gonna get you or you got me it was just it was just us having a good time and um, folks sharing their art with each other and it was it was good michelle and it was michelle obama came in the room it was so many people uh -oh. in the now, let me say this. I did hear, now, you know, I tried to avoid the hype, but there were people that said there was, like, some subliminal shade. But I just think people just like the idea of black women arguing. I didn't see it, so I couldn't confirm my suspicion. But was it subliminal? I, I, I don't I didn't see it. I didn't get subliminal shade. I just saw them giving each other life and loving on oh. each other. I don't know. I just feel like some I'm, girls, I'm sure that's some, what it was. Yeah, I, I like wanted to girls, disparage it. Yeah. Right. I feel like some girls want to see... Leave that for the men. They can, they can do that. I don't... I didn't get that vibe over here. I had a good time. I felt warm. It was exactly what I needed to recenter myself and get myself back on track and get my headspace back to where it needed. So I really enjoyed it. I really, I really enjoyed it. And apparently it was one of the most watched um, verses or Instagram um, battles since this whole thing. Black girl done. magic, black woman so magic, black goddess magic. Yes. So work. I, I live for it. I know that um, Nelly and Ludacris are supposed to be battling this Saturday, I can't. I can't say for sure if I'm going to be there live for that. <laughs> and it's, it's not shade to them. Not musty TV for you, sis. Yeah, it's for me. Now, I know for everybody else, everybody else is breaking out their basketball dresses and their baseball socks and their and their Von Dutch hats. <laughs> and, like, so and I get it. It's cute, but for me, it's not a must. But if I'm around and I'm not doing anything then I'm, you know, I might p take a peek or watch, but it's not something that I, it's just like, oh my God, I have to be here. This is, no girl. But it's no, it's no shade to them. I definitely grew up during the Ludacris and Ellie era, but no ma'am. So going into our next topic. Okay. Hey, girl, have you seen that video of the woman um, that slapped the little boy for doing the, um, the, t the Savage Dance on TikTok? I avoided it. Um, that you know, children being slapped triggers me. I saw that you. I saw that you had made comment on it. Right. And I, but I paid it because I, no, just because, no, ma'am. That's too. That's you know, something is hit too close to home. But I'm just, <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, I I just wanted to to talk. So apparently, 
there was a, a babysitter babysitting um, a son who was apparently her nephew, and the nephew was participating in a TikTok t challenge where they were dancing to the Savage song by um, uh, Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce. And he was doing the dance, and apparently the the babysitter has slapped him and had yelled some homophobic slur at him. And I don't I don't think I watched the video either, but I didn't need to watch it because I'm all too familiar with that. But I shared it because I wanted to I wanted people to know, particularly the people that are cishet that follow me and things like that, is it's little stuff like that that happens in childhood that creates like the internalized homophobia and and or transphobia that people like that whether they turn out to be lgbt or not have to deal with for the rest of their lives yeah because here you have this child who's just doing a dance but because you have this homophobic adult uh you know placing judgment on him excuse me, and then going to beat him or put um, her hands on him because he's doing something that's quote-unquote gay, like, that's the real shit that causes damage that people like us have to sit in therapy um, for years. All, yeah, for years to unpack and find the sources of where we first learned to hate ourselves because no shame you say that thing i didn't even read the video but i can like reflect back to the times where i was doing like stuff queer and i don't think i was ever i don't i was never hit or anything but it will always be a situation where somebody was watching me and then they went back and told my mom and then it will become an issue or my mom would sit me down and it would be situations where like I remember like when I was in kindergarten, you remember girl, you remember the song um Right Kinda Lover by Patty LaBelle? Yes. Bitch, that song was a key. And I remember I was singing at the bus stop, like when I was in kindergarten. And then I remember one day we were in the car and my mom was like, You can't sing that. Like she wasn't mean or nothing to me, but she was like, You can't sing that song. Um you can't sing that song. Boys are not supposed to sing that song. Girls can only sing that song. And looking back on that now, I think she was trying to prevent me from being bullied or somebody might somebody might have came back to her or said something. And then I remember another time I was at a party and I was dancing at the party when I was like five or six and I'm doing splits and shaking my butt. And one of my cousins went back to my mom and told her, and it was this big thing, well, you can't dance like that because boys are not supposed to dance like that and this, that. But whether it's abrasive or like outwardly homophobic or like slight stuff like that, that communicates messages, especially to kids that like who you are or what you're doing, something is wrong with that. And you need to conform that so there won't be any problems or issues and i just i agree i agree yeah, I, I think it's a common experience for trans people to at some point right. like you say have that moment where you learn to hate yourself right like and uh, it's so funny because many of us can go back to the moment because right. it's that traumatizing for someone to look you in your face and say don't do that Stop standing like that. Don't breathe right. like that. Stop existing like that. Mine's You're embarrassing. Mine's always if you don't get if you don't move your hand off your hip, if you don't stop standing like that, why you roll your eyes like that? Fix your face. 
Right. What is with the way you sit? Don't cross your legs. Mm-hmm. Why are you standing Stand like Stand up when you go to the bathroom. Don't sit down. Uh-huh. Don't let me find out you sitting again. Oh, yeah. It was a mm-hmm. thing because it becomes then now I have to police your every moment to make sure I don't allow it. Not realizing I'm just trying to exist and I feel like I'm living in a police state. And I feel like if I don't exude exactly what you want, it's fear of violence and or you being angry or being disappointed or, in withholding, or withholding love holding from love. Right. Yes, because right. you want to try to control how I'm going to show up in this space. Particularly for Black mothers, I feel like it's important for us to say this because um, I think sometimes the, the in, in a world where a lot of mothers are, I feel like they're having to raise their sons to prepare the world, a mm-hmm. lot of times they they kind of can tend to be a little hard, particularly mm. when they perceive their child to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want you to be vulnerable. I don't want you to be the odd duckling. I don't want you to, to have to endure, to endure hardship. And I want to toughen you up for the world you're about to face. And while that sounds great, what you end up sometimes is the very, the very children who need hugs not getting hugs. The very children who need to know that it's okay to just exist being told that you are not okay. Because see, what my mama and a lot of mothers didn't understand was the entire world told me I wasn't enough. All I needed was one person to root for me. Mm -hmm. To root for me and to stand for me when no one else would. To not let anyone else disrespect me. To not stand with the bullies and then tell me what the bully said so you can tell me what happened. Because see, really what it is is our parents were being bullied by other adults or other people who felt like they should check us and then trying to be dutiful citizens of the community they felt like it was their responsibility as parents to put us in place. But the reality of it is my mother knew who I was. She knew what she was sending out of the door. What was more important what, what, what was sometimes problematic was, was that it mattered more what other people thought than what she knew herself to be true, that I was a happy, healthy child that was intelligent, that was outgoing, that was creative, but that the world wasn't ready for. It was nothing I did wrong. And I feel like sometimes in our effort for our children to assimilate successfully and do well and go to college and and, and have what we consider um, successful lives in our capitalist society, we forget that they're people and these little people are unique. And everybody isn't meant to be a cog in a wheel. And sometimes God may have given you a miracle and you want the miracle to blend in and just work a good nine to five. Sometimes your miracle, the thing that's going to shift the paradigm in your family and free all of you is that little baby that you refuse to hug because it's just too feminine. Mm. And I feel like I wish we could talk about that more. And I think this is a, a, an excellent topic because I don't, I think that while we're talking about like that babysitter, let's talk about the community around that woman that, that hates her own, that, that is a feminophobic. Let's talk about a woman that hates the sight of femininity. That mm-hmm. her seeing that means that that little boy is vulnerable and that he's being weak. Right. So she herself feels somehow weak. Right. It's a, really a reflection on what she's been taught in her entire environment around what it is to be a woman and what it is to be a man. Because femininity is far from weak. But if you perceive it that way, then you'll see it as a, as a, as a, as a crutch to your child. Right. So it, it, we got a lot of re, recoding of the mind. We have a lot of unpacking of, of toxic ideologies. And we have a lot of reprogramming that has to do for us to really be healthy as a people. And I feel like minorities, particularly um, peoples of color, 
I feel like we tend to want to so badly fit into what is this westernized, colonialized idea of what is white, right, and acceptable that we forget that we come from very nuanced, very evolved cultures that had their own sensibilities and ideas around gender and identity and society before we were ever colonized by Christianity. And I want us to remember that we are deeper sometimes than the thing that is presented for us to be and that we have to see ourselves as greater than what we're told we are. And I feel like that's what I saw was that babysitter. Yes, it was it was a violent act. And yes, I'm, if I were the parent, when I got home, her face would be hot. You understand? But the problem <laughs> have been pressed on her as they should have, bitch. Don't be don't be putting your hands on the, the baby, bitch. Let me tell you something. But I want you to receive in my spirit. I'm telling you what I am as a parent. Her face would already have been lit with the fires of hell fucking around with my baby like that. Right. <laughs> However. I, 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 I want to say that it also said that, but that girl is raised in a culture, though, that looks at feminine feminine bodies in a way that is vulnerable to when she felt like she wanted to toughen him up or master, like harden him up by, by brutalizing him when she's been entrusted to care for him. And that's deep when you think about it. Right. So stop, so stop beating your, your queer black kids or queer kids. Stop beating them. Stop, you know, and allow yourself to be challenged, honey, because mm-hmm. we don't need, we don't need no more traumatized queer kids in therapy as adults trying to unpack the pieces of their fucking lives because that shit matters and that shit stays with kids and you literally spend your whole life trying to work through that trauma and trying to be a whole person and and trying to find ways to love the adults or the guardians in your life when oftentimes they're they're your biggest bullies or your main antagonists. So, and then yeah. the trauma of going around your life feeling like you're unworthy of love because the very people who promised you from birth that they would always be there for you had, had made conditions love conditions. Oh, right. you said it, girl. Had conditions on their love. And now every love in my life I know to be conditional because my own mama gave me conditional love. My own daddy, my own family told me that if you don't be who I want you to be, fuck you. And I had to live with that. And now I have to navigate as an adult knowing that there is no such thing in humanity as true, true, unconditional love. And what does that do to my psyche now that I've been broken in that way? Mm. So I, I, I feel like we, talk, we talked about enough topics. Mm-hmm. I, I know one of the things I want to work on is trying to um, make our episodes shorter since we are doing a lot of things. So it can be like a balance. So I think this is a fat place for us to end for this week. Um, So I just want to, before we get off, Team Molly from Insecure. Sis, I don't know if you've been watching Insecure. I didn't want to talk about it today without really being able to converse back and forth with you. So So we're going to, next episode, we're going to have a real, real breakdown because we're actually about to eat it. We're supposed to watch. We actually have it queued up now to watch with dinner. And Taylor's okay. actually just served the, the dinner. He made dinner tonight, girl. He made ribs on the grill, Brussels sprouts, and we made he made homemade um, homemade home fries. Oh, yeah. So the next time I come to your house, I'm expecting a homemade dinner as well, T.A. Yeah. Yeah. She said next time she comes to the house, she's expecting a homemade dinner as well. 
Yes. And yes hopefully, hopefully I'm still talking to my friend, honey, and we, we're at that point where we can travel together. So, you know, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be a double date situation. But oh. I'm team Molly, even though Molly was wrong, sis was wrong, but I'm not but I'm I'm not here for throwing people away and demonizing people. So. Wait, wait, wait. Don't tell me nothing. No, I'm not, gonna tell, I'm not okay, going to okay. say nothing. I will okay. say Molly was not right what she did, but I see her point and I'm not throwing, I'm at the point where I'm not throwing people away. I, it's, you can hold people accountable in love, but I'm team Molly. Y'all haters can stay mad, but let's I don't know up. if I'm going to be team Molly, girl, so we might be. No, 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 no. No, I don't think you are, but um, I, I, definitely, <laughs> I definitely am. But um, thank you guys for supporting our podcast. It means so much um, for you guys to see us and recognize and support our work. I want to encourage you guys to comment, subscribe, rate, email us at box number 512podcast at gmail.com. And um, also make sure mm-hmm. you're following us on our Facebook page because we will be going live again this Friday to recap this episode and talk about any new events that happens between um, now and Friday. And we love you guys so much. Thank you and see you next Friday. Bye. Thank you. Also, um, I want to say really fast for you get us off, Rihanna. I want everyone to know that the lives are every Friday. When this episode drops, honey, we want to engage with you. And I want to stick that because we understand how important it is that you be a part of the conversation. So feel free to tune in this Friday, box number 512, box number 512 podcast live (laughs) on Facebook. Right. Okay, y'all. See, stay safe and see y'all next week. Bye. Yeah, bye. Thank you for, for listening, listening to Box, Box Number Five Twelve. And don't forget to subscribe and like all of our pages on social media. And don't forget to subscribe so you can see what we will stock on the shelf next week. Bye.